Uh, as, as David comes to read the scripture this morning, these are familiar words, particularly around Easter, and is one piece of kind of a multifaceted message this morning. But hear these words from the Gospel of Mark. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. Tell the disciples and Peter. That is so telling in so many ways. It's just incredible. I'll come to that in just a second. Sometimes we look at this book, this holy book, as outdated and sometimes even feeling as though it may be irrelevant. And yet it is filled with things from which we can learn on so many levels. And particularly on this day, on this Easter day, there are pieces of the message that transform us if we but open our hearts to it. For instance... So many of us have heard about Mary Magdalene and and all that she struggled with and all that she suffered. Here is a woman who should never have dealt with the kinds of things that she had to deal with. But it was to some extent how women were treated back then. But then she found one who healed her of all of the things that were going on in her. He offered her light and hope and encouragement. He He offered her a love that was completely different than anything that she had ever experienced before. Maybe the first time that she'd experienced love in a very real sense. But then here, just preceding this day, all of that died. All of that died. And she found herself lost and alone and wanted one more time, just one more time, to go and honor the one that had changed her life. But in the midst of that journey from her home to the grave, something happened. It was as though she was turning back into the Mary of old. 
and she felt all of those feelings creeping back up into her. But she was on her way to the tomb, only to realize that the tomb was empty. And a voice said to her, Why are you looking for the living, for the dead among why are you looking for the, the dead among the living? And, and what happened was she, she lost control. She began to weep. She, she struggled out of the tomb realizing that somebody had taken the body of Jesus. And so here she, here she is, tears streaming down her face, finally kneeling, lost and alone and feeling the presence of someone next to her. And she reaches out for whoever this is and says, if you know where they have taken him, please tell me so that I can go honor him. And then came that word, Mary. And suddenly the tears that were tears of sorrow turned to become tears of joy as she recognized Jesus. And the new Mary began to come forth again a Mary of hope, a Mary of appropriate love, a Mary that could now take this somewhere else and become something more. Resurrection. Peter, uh, I said at first service, I'll say it again, I, I look at Peter and see the doofus disciple. Uh, I relate best to Peter. But here's Peter who believes himself to be so strong and and the leader of this group to the point where Jesus had renamed him from Simon to the rock, Peter, Petras. And there he was, knowing that whatever happened to Jesus, he was going to be there with him, no matter what it cost him. And yet, that night, on that last supper, Jesus looks at him and said, Nah, you're going to deny me. I know you. And so there they are on the night that Jesus is arrested and after he cuts off the ear, go figure, uh, from this man of peace, he cuts off the ear of a soldier trying to arrest him and, and then is following them into the garden, although you can feel the blood pressure in him growing and, and there he is in the garden and suddenly somebody comes to him and asks him the question that he did not want to hear. Aren't you one of them? And not just asking him once but numerous times. And after that final time, suddenly the cock crows. The new day has begun. And Peter has failed Jesus. And the guilt was overwhelming in the midst of all of it. And so what does Peter do? What, what many of us would do, he goes back to what he knows best, probably goes now back to being Simon, goes fishing, and can you just see the muscle memory of him just casting the net out, overwhelmed with guilt, pulling it in and casting it out and pulling it in. And yet what catches his attention is a fire that begins to burn on the shore, a, a, a cooking fire. And then a voice comes across the water and says, Hey, you guys hungry? And Peter stops, realizing and recognizing that voice. And being the dupist that he is, he puts on his robe and then dives into the water. <laughs> and struggles to try and swim in, runs to the fire only realizing once again what he had done to Jesus. 
But in that moment of the exchange of a meal, one to another, Jesus loves him and forgives him. And Peter is reborn. Resurrection. Finally, out of Scripture, we find these two traveling on this road, a road to Emmaus. They are so downcast. Their hearts are broken. The one who was providing them direction is now gone. And as they're walking back home, suddenly a figure appears to them and asks them, why are you so depressed? And they say, how can you possibly not know that Jesus just died? The one that we were following has now died. And we have no direction anymore other than the direction that will take us back home to hopefully start something again to find another to follow. But this figure begins to tell them the story and the prophecies and all of these things. And, and finally, they get to Emmaus and get to the home and they invite Jesus, Jesus in. And as He breaks the bread, as He blesses the meal, they realize who it is and their hearts ignite and He disappears from their sight. And immediately what they do is turn, drop the meal, and run back. Now having found again the direction they are to go with clear instructions to tell the world. You know, again, we live in the Pacific Northwest, and this is a place where so many just doubt and just don't believe the relevance of any of those stories that I've just shared with you. And yet here we are on an Easter morning. But I want to share with you that Resurrection, transformation, is so much more than just dying and coming back into some heavenly realm. Resurrection is about so much more than that. The God that I believe in, and I think that we all share, is not that God who sits on a throne with some long white beard with a big book in front of him. It's not a God who who somehow is just waiting for us. To do something wrong so God can go, yep, knew it. Not a God who is so distant as not to be approachable or touchable or accessible. This God is about transformation. We call this force God because we've got to name it something. But it is a force greater than anything the universe has ever known. It is a force that is absolutely moving through every piece of creation for a greater good. But here's the challenge. We have to be open to this force. We have to be guided by this force. And then we need to respond to this force to also be involved in the greater good. I looked through the paper and then thought through some of the conversations I've had in the last couple weeks. And I want to talk a little bit about the kind of transformation and resurrection that really needs to happen, the potential for this anyway. Here are some of the things that have come. It's about a single mom looking for friends while trying to raise three children, all while holding down two or three jobs. The potential for resurrection comes 
as it surrounds a young man or woman who feels lost as they struggle with their own sexual identity and who has no one they trust enough to share in that struggle and whose parents have already rejected them. It's about those who used to live in the jungle under the freeway and after those deaths, those murders there have nowhere to go and others who don't even have a place like Tent City and who are lost in the midst of this kind of weather trying to find something that brings them comfort, food, and wholeness. But it goes beyond that. It's about that Boeing engineer who is now 60 plus And as things begin to shift and change in the aeronautics industry, he's not sure if his job will be there in a year. Or that Microsoft consultant whose project is coming to an end, again, not sure what might be next for her. There's more. We live in a city in Bellevue, in Issaquah, even North Renton, where the demographics are changing significantly. And over and over, what we find even in the preschool here are moms and families coming from Korea because of the education that their children can have and the priority of that education that can be found here. But her husband and the father of those children has to stay in Korea because that's where his work is. But the children are worth it. And so they come and they have no friends. They don't even understand the language. And I can't even imagine the loneliness in the midst of that. Let me give you one more. And we've seen it over and over and over again in a place where this should never happen. That fourth grade young girl who goes to school hungry every day, even in Bellevue or even in Issaquah, goes to school hungry every day, knowing that she'll get that free breakfast and that free or reduced lunch. But then on Fridays, really wonders what it's going to be like to have no food in the cupboards at home and just waits hungry for Monday to come, but who realizes, who realizes that summer is coming, and then what? Friends, our role as Christians in this country, in this community, in this place, is to allow God to move through us, to bring resurrection to every one of those situations, to provide a place like this, which is not just a house of worship, but it's a home for anyone and everyone, no matter their past, no matter their struggle, no matter what it is, that this be a home where they can be fed and loved and be found by this God of transformation. This is that place. And it is our role, particularly on an Easter Sunday, to come to terms with that and to share the love that is Christ very similarly to how he shared that love with Mary 
with Peter, with Cleopas and his friend on that road. And to set them back on their feet, surround them with grace, and allow the same kind of transformation that took place on this cross and look at the abundance of light and color. That is resurrection. And the stories of old are as appropriate today as they have ever been. It's Easter Sunday. It's Easter Sunday. And let me close with this thought. It's not just about going out for those. It is about that. But it's also looking around this congregation, this community, right here, knowing that there are folks here who feel worthless like Mary. And ours is to surround them and build them up. There are those here overcome by guilt. And holidays have a tendency to bring that out again. And what is our role? To help them know how deeply loved they are. You are. And to surround them with a new road and to help each other find direction. To be open to this power, this power that is God who continually seeks to create for the greater good now through us. Resurrection. Will you pray with me? God, we hear these stories We hear these stories and we think them to be such ancient stories. And yet they are so relevant even for today. They are to inspire us. They are to guide us, direct us into what we are to be in your name. And we see Jesus as that great teacher who is still as available to us as he was those first disciples. God, fill us with the power of your Holy Spirit. Heal us, guide us, direct us. Again, all in the name of Jesus. Amen.